I've come for your head, fat man! Dashing through the snow No one horse open, sir You think you're the first? Oh, the Think I got this job because I'm fat and jolly? Nothing did all right with the spread we uh, i'm pretty proud of the performance it's always a uh gotta get two plates in always gotta get double plates two servings full maybe sneaking a third i did not this time around no it was very full but it was okay um, hung out in the garage relatively comfortable in the uh we're, we're defining as the covid cave it was cool yeah, so I'm. This is the first year that uh, the wife and I were on our just just us two celebrating Thanksgiving. Um, oh, so that you guys was, didn't do it with Lindsay's. Nope, oh. nope, we did not. You cooked we, your own bird? No, we went over there, and um, my mother-in-law was kind enough to make us food, and it was all like so good. I mean, she's, so you said like separate. Yeah, she she was incredibly nice and not only made the food, but kind of packaged it separately so we could take it away and eat it. Not breathing the same air, mass off. You got Lori to go food. That's that is right. Yep. So that's um, so that was really fun. We um, we it was it was it was great. I I don't I went just like one full one hundred percent um packed plate and then had some dessert but i i usually try to go back for seconds too i don't think i did i think i was just one full plate and i was on but i gotta say the the difference maker this year for thanksgiving was we did not have normal mashed potatoes it was caramelized onion mashed potatoes Ooh, so good yes it was top notch um so that was that was a very welcome surprise but otherwise it was you know it was pretty chalk thanksgiving when it comes to what you would normally eat and it was you know we had we had plenty of forks this time we didn't have to you know try to eat with our hands or anything like a couple years back so it was all good yeah (laughs) the uh (laughs) i know that's shout that that story um (laughs) What I did after the post Thanksgiving weekend, though, was the rest of the weekend was top notch. I uh, on Friday night. I don't know if I told you this earlier when we were catching, when we were kind of checking in with each other over the weekend. Well, you got a you got a PS five. So I got the PS five, played a shit ton of Spider Man. <laughs> PS five. Sorry to everyone that doesn't have one because it's awesome. It's just as good as. Yeah. So I have a feeling. For, so here's the thing. Here's not the related to the PS5. Nothing to do with the PS5. 
Um, I will say this though: for every single shoe Nike app that I never got, I'm glad that my retribution for that is I got the PS5. Shout out Costco. Um, what I was gonna say is Friday had ourselves a uh, a double feature of movies. Um, and started to try to watch. Uh, so we watched. Uh, and I call it the big boy double feature. Watched uh, Fat Man, the okay, the uh, Mel Gibson for the uninitiated, the Mel Gibson, uh, Walt Goggins Christmas Spectacular that came out. Bought that bad boy. Watched it. Um, as good as just perfect. Top instant top five Christmas movie classic already. It is uh, one of just was exactly what I wanted. Perfect in every way. Hilarious. And Walt Goggins is great. And um, just like the perfect tone of exactly what uh, the trailer, watch the trailer. That's all I could really, I can summarize it in one way is just, if you haven't seen the trailer, watch it. The exact tone of that trailer translates over perfectly to what the movie's like. And it delivers on every note that I was looking for instant christmas classic kirsten even said the same thing she's like oh we have to watch this we'll have to watch this every year now so um the fact that she got sold on it should speak highly of because chat her my, my depraved taste and her more sophisticated wait taste. are we talking about fat man still fat man yeah okay all right one so over just... one over like unquestionably a must go see, like must, must, must watch this holiday season. Worth the fourteen ninety nine to buy it if you want to watch. Watch it twice; it pays for itself. Wow, uh, I'm looking up the Rotten Tomatoes right now. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck every person that every critic on that movie, but the audience score is like eighty percent. It is. It's eighty one percent. Yeah, it's no. It's uh, critics don't know anything. It's a fantastic um second movie we watched though oh another different fat, fat man takes a surprisingly serious approach to a potentially ludicrous a potentially ludicrous twist on the santa claus yeah. no the entire the the premise of the movie is mel gibson plays like a uh kind of disgruntled upset checked out santa uh he gives a kid this like rich uh jerk kid cole Kid hires a hitman played by Walt Goggins to go kill Santa. And Walt Goggins also has like his own beef with Santa. And it's just good old action comedy fun. Uh, it's the John Wick of Christmas movies. Wow. Okay. What was the second movie? Second movie. It's own wild ride. Uh, Unhinged, which is the uh, Russell Crowe uh, road rage movie. It is Russell Crowe is looking plump as far as fat man russell crowe would have been much better into that having his movie be called uh fat man and mel gibson and i'm (laughs) javel i think of that every time (laughs) uh he would have been on two two of those he's the size of the country of france in unhinged but Wow. Good old road rage movie. Every scene that uh, 
Mel Gibson in it, or that uh, Russell Crowe is in it on edge is like wild. He is bringing some hearty fat energy into it. Uh, but he, I not a rewatchable movie. I will say that, but worth the time to see once and only once just to say you saw it. Um, he, I like was looking later. Uh, he's like public said, he's not going to show like make any public appearances until um, he loses a bunch of weight now because, and once you see the move, this movie, you're like, I get it, man. He literally is ginormous. And he's wearing this like blue shirt the whole time. Oh my God. It's, wow, it's great though. It's great. So it was, you liked it though. Um, I like, yeah, the, the rest of the cast is pretty meh, but they have this like crappy kid, another movie with like a crappy kid who's like, uh, being is, it's like him and his 30 year old mom are being chased by Russell Crowe and, um, but and the, he's the crappy kid. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the mom honks at Russell Crowe who like, this isn't really spoiling anything. It's shown the first scene, like Russell Crowe murders his ex-wife and like that sets off this whole like murderous rampage that he goes on. That's all centered around this woman and her son. But after the initial confrontation with Russell Crowe, like to change the subject, she asked her son like about get a Fortnite reference in there. And the kid's Fortnite strategy that he came up with is like 24 year old uncle. Not good. Not effective outdated too so that part's unfortunate for movies not you know doesn't date itself well because the golf cards mentioned in the strategy not even the game anymore but uh yeah so wouldn't i would recommend watching unhinged once just to see it but not a viable not a rewatchable uh i'd say um thing also started ted lasso which was a is a treat lovely treat um you know a little later on that i think that's sweeping through through the the world but that was uh that made it my friday and then lots of betting on uh on other stuff from then on mostly successful except for yeah yeah mostly successful mostly successful did you have any other uh, highlights of thanksgiving well the i say the big highlight all in all it was pretty low-key we're trying to do our part stay at home not trying to go in public, um, being a Midwest state in today's <laughs> current coronavirus climate. Uh, we hung out, out, we hung out at home for the most part, but we did uh, watch, um, <laughs> why can I not remember now the, the HBO show? Undoing? Yeah, Undoing, thank you. Yeah, we watched The Undoing. We had not started it, watched episodes one through five Saturday and Sunday morning and then watched the sixth episode Sunday night. I won't spoil anything. I know you and I talked. You you had you one hundred percent should watch it. It is yeah. just. I mean, I, I saw a reaction about the finale being not a not everyone's cup of tea. I don't. I don't totally agree with that. Uh, it. Just, I I don't know. You can't you can't successfully end a show nowadays. I don't think you're going to piss someone off no matter yeah. what, but it's a mini series, right? Or yeah, is six it six episodes, mini series. It's yeah. you're in, you're out, you're done, but it's very good. Very well done. Nicole Kidman. Um, I was not a fan of, um, what's it? 
what was the other show that Nicole Kidman did with HBO? Oh, um, uh, the two, two-parter, um, uh, why am I? Wait, you know which one I'm talking Big about. Lies. Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. That, I did not, I was not a fan. You tried to talk me into it. I still haven't tried to give it another shot, but this, I think, was directed by the same director. Um, very good. It had a similar so, look to, yeah, how it was shot, like, what those trailer and stuff I saw. Um, definitely. It is a bummer nowadays that it is tougher than ever to try to find a good movie because I feel like there have been so few good movies that have come out this year. Batman could be movie of the year. That could that could be up for probably episode. better than Tenant. Probably better than Tenant, if you ask me. Haven't seen that. I haven't seen Tenant yet either. But let's get into basketball, PJ. Let's just you know what? Let's dive into it, man. Let's do it. Yeah, make him faint. There you go. Faint step. Oh, there's a faint from Jake. Oh, mm. caught him. Oh my God! Lord have mercy. Oh Jesus! Oh Lord! Snoop talk about dropping it like it's oh, cuz baby. Holy God up. Lead me Let me stand. Wow, nothing funny about what's happening with Nate Robinson, but Snoop Dogg is is singing the hymns. He's trying to get night, oh, 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 my man, the problem child proven to be. probably should start with probably the most immediately noteworthy news when it comes to a basketball player and that's probably this Nate Robinson Jake Paul fight which one of the bets I placed that I was only unsuccessful bets of the uh of the week going and chasing a northwestern money line loss side I had to go and uh throw down I threw down 50 bucks on good old Nate I thought those odds baby Oh, did you actually end up doing oh, yeah. that? I didn't think that you did. Oh, so, I know. I was there. Was un- for the record, I I had done a little bit of research ahead of this fight, thinking that it would be a fun thing to bet on, um, and I didn't feel. I just am not going to bet on Jake Paul because I think he sucks. Yeah. But uh, didn't was not going to bet on Nate Robinson given just the things that I saw and read about Jake Paul and that the he's kind of like a decent boxer. Like I he's not. So I found a pirated stream. Shout out. Instead of spending the 50 bucks to watch the fight, I just spent it betting it. So That's I was, hard. I still lost the Yeah. You know, I found a stream of it. That is my one thing about it though. Is like, he is, 
adequate in the sense of like he was actually given some sparring and I've like to your point when we talked about this like you brought up a great point of like well he's actually done a boxing match and I thought like a lot of people fuck well Nate Robinson's a <laughs> professional athlete he can figure this out um and which is a valid point and right, like I would say nothing in great shape yeah I would say nothing of the quality of the fight was I was like oh wow like yeah Jake Paul knows what he's he just knew enough to be like if what Nate Robinson looked like which was just you know guy picked up gloves and even though I I, I know Nate Robinson trained for it he wasn't doing any of the sort of subtle moves or just like having sort of any nuance of being like, Oh, I've, I've sparred before this. It was more or less like watching Rocky and being like, all right, let's go in the ring, man. And we'll figure this out. It sounded like he, he has been training pretty consistently with professional boxers and it, for what it's worth, sounded like he was actually taking this fairly seriously. Yeah, so I, I went into he just it didn't like, look that way. <laughs> the pro, the finished product wasn't didn't look that way. I have no doubt he somewhat tried, but I think no, I underestimated. Not, if, it. I think that if all if all of a sudden if Jake ends up going against a professional boxer with it's a record floating around five hundred. Mm. I think we should bet against Jake Paul, but I any think professional boxer against Jake Paul, Jake Paul gets washed. I think so too. I just, if he's going to fight a celebrity that's never boxed yeah. and may not have started boxing until a few months ago, I just don't really like that. That person's odds, yeah. even if they were a professional athlete and that's what happened. So that was like, at the oh man, boxing is tough, man. Just getting knocked out like that. So well, that's, you got knocked the fuck out. Yeah, getting knocked out, like, yeah, Nate Robinson just let down so many people because there was the people were behind Nate Robinson for thought good reason. Just the last time I ever put any real faith in a person under 5'10 ever again, um, Nate Robinson let all of them down. Um, I, I just, I could not believe, yeah, him getting knocked out in the second round. And I mean, legitimately, probably an illegal punch to the back of his head before that. And yes, um, I agree. All in all, though, man, I it was hilarious. Like post that thing was like one of the few. I would say, obviously, after uh, the election was kind of one of those moments. And then um, that Nate Robinson fight was probably the second time in this COVID where it just felt like kind of normal Twitter of just all of the jokes going off on on Nate Robinson. There was a lot of good stuff out there. Um, and it's like kind of funny that that fight overshadowed the Tyson uh, Roy Jones Jr. fight and just what people were talking about. I didn't, I didn't even watch the Tyson Roy Jones fight. I was literally just there for the Nate Robinson. And I was pretty upset. I was pretty, pretty upset by the, the result though. I will not hide those feelings about that. No, I was obviously rooting for Nate too, so that did not go the way that we wanted to. But dude, um, some something that just came through the newswire here. <laughs> what? Uh, our boy Malik Beasley is in the news uh, <laughs> for a picture that showed of him holding hands with Larsa Pippen. The the Larsa Pippen. 
uh, a strand, you know, of former wife of 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 Scottie Pippen. Uh, most recently, uh, was talked about how she had a thing with Tristan Thompson uh, prior to, or somewhat during. There's some sort of overlap with Chloe uh, Kardashian and Tristan Thompson's relationship, and Larsa Pippen and Tristan may have had a thing too, based on her words, uh, straight from the source there. But now she's holding hands with Malik Beasley. So uh, I think Larsa Pippen is, uh, I mean, shout out to that life. Malik. <laughs> Malik seems like been seems making like some interesting decisions like lately. My guy is just might be too high profile for this. Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we're not used to this type of behavior. Malik Beasley is coming for the the on <laughs> the unclaimed land that Zach Levine left after he got traded. Oh, he's just been it's just been left out there since the Zach Levine hole. And he's you know, I will say Malik, smart decision on your part to stake this ground now before Ricky Rubio actually returns to town because it's r- going to be Ricky's town again. Wow. Well, I don't really know what to think about this, but Malik, uh, just stay out of trouble, my dude. Just go go get that 50 His wife is blind, blindsided by these pictures. Oh, gee. Yeah, he has has a kid, is married. Anyway, that's too depressing to think about. But Malik, be be smart, my dude. Um, Maybe it was just a friendly handhold, you know. I don't know if twenty five year olds hang out with forty plus year olds and Six hold years. hands just for fun. I mean, mothers and sons do. That's true. Um, I guess, although I'm not sure if I'm strolling through an airport or something holding my mom's hand. That seems a little a little weird, but fair enough, PJ. You're right. Um, Counter. Hey, what can I say? On a completely separate note, uh, still talking off-the-court stuff here. Um, interesting move this week, Under Armour pulled with Steph Curry having his own separate brand. I'm curious to know what your, what your thoughts on, on this move are. Um, Cause I certainly have my own and I'll, I'll, I'll share a second here. So what do you think this was a smart move by Under Armour to kind of split up Curry to have his own separate Under Armour brand? Or do you think um, this is ridiculous? I mean, I don't, I don't, hate the idea of being like, Hey, this is our premier athlete. We're just going to give him his own brand and sort of keep it separate as we try to still grow our basketball line of shoes. Um, I don't think there's a, the idea of it being positioned as a rival to the Jordan brand or anything like that is kind of wild. I, I think too, just the context of like LeBron James hasn't even launched his own, which I think it's going, that will eventually happen here where LeBron shoot like just everything will be its own separate brand of Nike. The fact that that hasn't even happened yet. And, you know, maybe it doesn't, maybe they've, they've decided that it's better if LeBron still remains, but I feel like once LeBron retires, that kind of happens of him being its own brand or segmenting off here at some point. So I guess from Under Armour standpoint, they want to get ahead of that or just, but the LeBron shoe following is greater than the Curry 
shoe following. And I just, I think if anything, it's just like a, could be an indication of future like shoe contracts and just things like that, where it's like the next tier, all right, we made you a signature athlete, get your own signature shoe. The next elevation of that is, all right, we launch your own brand. I would, I mean, I always thought maybe the next move would be you get a lifetime contract. Like what LeBron did was sort of the progression. I would have thought Under Armour would have done that with Steph. But, you know, I guess they're going to maybe bundle that all together. It's it's his own thing. Um, I I don't know what it does, if anything. The shoes, I have not seen a pair of Kerr. I know that some of them have been popular, but I've just never seen one that I personally and that interested in and never thought of it in the context of that. We're like, Oh yeah, they should really do this. But I actually thought it was a smart move. I probably sounded like I was going to shit on it, but I, I thought you were, what is the downside? What yeah, is there's the downside none. to do this? Do you, do you think that you're going to have a serious hit in shoe sales? I think everyone's going to get, have a hit in shoe sales for the next six or so months. Um, the normal cycle where like right now we would be seeing a ton of releases and we are seeing some. Um, so I don't see the, I don't see any downside. Steph Curry is incredibly marketable, not as much right now as he was when he was coming off of two straight MVPs and the Warriors winning several championships in a row. But all it takes is the, him staying healthy for, one season and them making a deep playoff run and you have the mark the incredibly marketable popular Seth Curry that we had a couple of years ago. So I think it's actually a really good idea. I don't what I don't I haven't been able to find a good logo of like is it just the 30? That's what it is. Yeah, I, I haven't seen what kind of that because that's my knock is that you want to have a separate I mean, brand, fine, but find something like 30 other people wear 30. Yeah. Like the I do see Air it Jordan from- logo is recognizable and resonates and you know who and what that is. Yeah. And 30, yeah. I mean, I know it's Steph Curry, I guess, but like I don't think it's that original or unique. I wish they would have no. found something different if you're gonna split this to be its own brand find something better. I do think I will say the one thing I I do kind of like, I think the one part where I found some appeal with it are just like, Oh, that's probably a smart move in line with some of what you thought is like, there's like Davidson's going to probably start wearing like Steph Curry branded jerseys. Like he'll have, they'll have the Curry. They'll probably just become a Curry Steph Curry school. The North Carolina version of, you know, with Jordan brand. And then you'll probably just have college programs be Curry, Curry programs, um, which sounds weird saying, <laughs> but yeah, Steph Curry branded like college teams and stuff. So I could see from like them marketing it that way of just like changing it. So you just don't have Under Armour. You could be for basketball, be a Steph Curry branded uh, basketball school, stuff like that. I think that way is, probably more and I don't know how much it factors with recruits and stuff like that, but I'm sure there's people who guys coming up who really do look to Steph Curry and he's definitely a, a, a very yeah generational talent and 
someone that translates with um, a lot of yeah younger people coming up and whatever like that he's he's got he's probably a top yeah five as far as popularity of NBA players so um, I get it but I just the the height of it all like seems a little interesting I guess it just uh, but like you said what's the risk really in it yeah I, I it'll it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do with it now that they made this announcement because while Steph is playing and while when he's done because you you hit on the LeBron piece I totally agree well I don't know if I agree with that they're going to have a completely separate LeBron brand when he when he retires but i i do think that he is going to continue to make sneakers and have a new sneaker every year after he retires yeah um and i think that it would be smart for under armor to kind of start having a precedent of something like that and steph is a good guy to kind of hang your your hat on he's the market makes sense he's marketable to begin with anyway um just thought that was interesting wanted to talk about it but let's talk about actual basketball and some of the and a little bit of the 2020 2021 season a little bit because we are three weeks away from playing uh crazy to think about but also we're going to be leading up to christmas and we'll be playing again which i am very excited about um so no huge moves over the last few days we haven't seen any blockbuster trades come through since the beginning of free agency, really. Um, but I, I guess I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on if there was a team or two that really stuck out to you that significantly improved their position to either make the playoffs or make a run in the playoffs. So who, who has moved the needle the most whether it be the Western Conference or Eastern Conference, based off of the signings that they made or based off who they drafted a couple of weeks ago? I don't know if I really – I feel like the Lakers really, re, like, certified themselves to, like, stay as the favorites in the West for sure. Um, outside of that, I – I would say, you know, I think that the, the only team, and we talked about this in a previous episode, you know, we were kind of recapping off, but I think the Trailblazers made the most moves to move themselves into a different tier of contention versus where we looked at them kind of going into the, and I, I mean, I think a lot with the Blazers specifically was tied to health of this team, but just depth, the pieces they added, everything just logically made a lot more sense. It was probably the first off season they've had since the core group of Dame and CJ with Dame and CJ as the, the focal points of that franchise where they actually moved towards a piece of addressing weaknesses and not just kind of adding scrap pieces all around for the sake of like trying to build it together. And they, you know, just taking names, talented pieces and just throwing it together there actually seemed like a concrete plan they had and an vision they had with this offseason. They executed on it. Uh, so that would that's a team for me that stands out the most. Um, I do think the Pelicans, despite trading Drew Holiday, uh, their retooling is, is probably the only other team I could say uh, for sure. I think despite all that, and kind of in some ways looking at maybe they were going to take a step back and wait one more. They were maybe a year away. 
I now do I think they're going to be a for sure playoff team? I don't know. I, I think when you look at the idea that we're going to have 10 teams with the extend, expanded playoffs and kind of that play-in tournament piece, I would be shocked if they're not in that realm. But are they a def, uh, concrete playoff team in the West? It's going to be tough, but they'll probably be in the play-in tournament. But they've progressed forward. Uh, beyond that, I, I think a lot of teams stayed relatively put from a standpoint of where they were from last year to this year, uh, just reshuffling some of the pieces. And I don't think anyone necessarily did anything to like of the teams I would say contending. I think Denver got hurt the most, but I don't think it was from a lack of trying on their part. They just had guys leave and they were in a Yeah, what do you, what do, you do with Jeremy yeah. Grant? You offer Jeremy Grant $20 million a year. You did, plus. yeah. And he wants to go to Detroit instead. Yeah, well, there's nothing you can do. Because um, if you if you all of a sudden start getting into the mid twenties with him, like wow, I mean that just seems crazy to me. I think you got to draw the line yeah. somewhere. I think them being willing to match his that that deal was as much as they could should be expected to do there. It hurts them. They're defensively have a lot of. <laughs> questions now uh i feel like they are a team prime to come this this season you know around trade deadline time make some sort of move one way or another to reshuffle that team and, and get some some different pieces in there but yeah i just i mean losing tory craig and him together just hurt them from some of their actual any reliable defensiveness defensive players they had uh those guys both leaving hurts them, but they could score. You know, they just outscore teams 120 to 115 every night. They can get by with that for a bit. I agree. The, the only other team that I would throw out there, I don't think we've talked about this move a ton, but the Suns are intriguing to me. Of course, it's a Western Conference team. It sucks, but the Suns, I think, are going to be pretty damn good. I thought that bringing back Sarich on $9 million a year was fine. I think that getting Jay Crowder was a nice little signing for them. Um, I think that he is a really good fit for most teams. I don't really, I don't really like watching him all that much, but having a, a decent three and D guy veteran, it's not a bad thing to have on your roster. And then I just think Chris Paul and Devin Booker are going to work out. Um, They still need Aiton to be the 20 and 10 guy that he he showed in off and on stretches last year that he could be. But the Suns, are I I just think in general, are going to be an interesting and tough team on a nice night basis that have some depth and uh, a higher, a much, much higher ceiling and almost guaranteed to pencil them in. Um, what the Rockets did is really crazy to me. I'm not bringing them up because I'm like, wow, what amazing signings that they had, but um, them getting DeMarcus Cousins is fun. Uh, Is he going to end up playing? Is he going to actually end up playing a single game with both um, Russell Westbrook and James Harden is, is TBD, right? But yeah. um, I think it's interesting nonetheless. 
Yeah. And then signing Christian Wood was good. A legitimately nice signing. Um, yeah. I like him. He I think that he I think there's something to that, whether you want to play him at the at the five or at the four. Um kind of put him in the dunker spot with either Russ or Harden. They they get a first round pick, um, two first round picks and dealing um Rocco to Portland. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was I think it was a nice offseason for them, even though Maury, you know, Maury leaves you got your two stars demanding trades. What the hell is going to happen out of that? And what are you going to have to give up to get off Russ? That's going to be a huge question mark. But if they, if they do end up moving past those two, you know, I think that they could flip Tucker to a team that's willing to extend him for a couple of years. I think they can get a pick there. And I think they could get an absolute haul for Harden. And I think that they could, I think they will find a more I think they'll find a team that can talk themselves under Russ. And I think the the Rockets are gonna retool faster than what we think, I guess is what I'm getting at. Even though a lot of their first round picks are gone, I, I think that that team is is gonna ultimately be bad. I think do you think both of those stars end up getting traded at some point this season? I could see them both end up playing out through the season and then the entire traded. season. Yeah, and then getting really? traded. By the end, I think by next offseason they get moved. I'm just, I guess, I have a tough time seeing the Rockets feeling compelled to make a move other than their mission of, I think, Tillman for Tito wants them to get under the luxury tax. So they've got another move to be made to do that. Like you said, I think PJ Tucker is their quickest, easiest player they can do so in moving. And probably the lowest bar as far as acquisition, as far as when it comes to asking price and the team matching it. I could see like the Heat easily taking something, going after him um, to kind of retool to replace what they lost with Crowder. Um, there's there's a lot of teams out there that would for sure be in the PJ Tucker market. Um, both LA teams. I mean, there's there's a lot of teams that are going to be suitors for him. Uh, maybe Daniel House is the other name. I think one of those two guys probably moves if if I'm picking of of quick asset of. I like Daniel House, but the teams kind of pissed at him from the bubble stuff. So yeah, I get that. I, I'm not, but I don't think PJ Tucker way. wants to. I don't think PJ Tucker wants to stay in Houston any longer either. Um, so I could see either both those guys move um, and get some stuff back there. But when you look at the top line, like they're not being with James Harden setting his destinations at Philly or Brooklyn. I mean, I just don't know what the asking price is that they're going to get back for him at this point. That is going to be, we can't say no to this. Like we'd be dumb not to make this move. Um, I think once next offseason hits and you look at every, all the teams that are making sure they 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 have cap flexibility, have, and, and once you go through the free agency market and see where those pieces end up falling, uh, that becomes you know its own own thing. Then there, I also would say if you know tomorrow Giannis signs a supermax, maybe the James Harden market automatically increases. And there's a, there's more of an, uh, an appetite to go after and get him versus where it's at right now. Uh, 
I, I think until you establish, hey, we're moving James Harden and this is what we're getting, we're comfortable with this, I don't know how you negotiate anything else around that. Even trading for Rust, even trading Rust, I think, is challenging before the James Harden move because there isn't much leverage. And if you get rid of James Harden, at least get what you want back in return. Russ can still sell tickets. He's entertaining. Um, but, like, I'm not sure how much his asking price changes pre or post, like, your, your leverage if you have Harden on the team or not. I guess it is, is one way to, to frame it with him. I think the teams that are, would be interested in him now and what they, they'd be willing to give up, those same teams are going to have that same price later. But I just – I don't think it makes sense for the Rockets to pull the trigger on the Ross thing until Harden's out. I, I would agree with that. It would be wild to see them fun, somehow find a suitor to trade – both of them because <laughs> I don't think either of them have beef, but I, I also recognize that that has to be yeah. damn near impossible to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I, that, that, that's fair. Um, I mean, for Russ, there's like only five, there's like five contracts right now that he could probably get traded for straight up. Yes. But yeah. how many, how many teams that are looking for a point guard that would want Russ? Right. Yeah, and would want to take on that money. I think it's, I think that is a very, very small number. I don't know if Charlotte is even in the conversation now, and I don't think they are. I don't know how they can make that work now that they're stretching Batum and sign Gordon. So then you have pretty much Washington, Chicago. Yeah, that's. I don't want Russ. I, I, you could, I could have a very serious conversation about the James Harden. I tweeted like if I were the Bulls, I mean, like Paul, I would, I would do it. How many first round picks would you be willing to give up for Harden? Not many. I would give, I would give them Laurie and uh, or or Zach. I mean, if they want to talk, they want kind of apples to apples kind of thing. Upgrade from Zach Levine to James Harden, and then you know what we sent our Lar- Laurie Levine. Three first round picks, would you do that? I wouldn't give him three, no. He, there's no way they would get him with just two. If you're getting Laurie and Zach, if I'm giving you young players. A lot of people think Levine is still a negative contract, though. Yeah, a lot of people think James Harden's contract is negative, too. This that's, is just the negotiation. That's, cr- that's crazy. <laughs> If I'm the Bulls, that's how I'm negotiating. I'm sure. Like, no, I, no, you're right. You're right. But I'm just saying that I, I think that's patently insane. MVP. Yeah, but Zach Levine's 25. going to be 26. James Harden's already 31. I mean, yeah, I mean, Zach Levine's 25 right now. Oh, I get that he's younger. I, I, you're, you're sounding like you're trying to negotiate with me. I'm not trying to negotiate with you. I'm yeah. just telling you that – if Robert Covington is going for two first rounders straight up, that an MVP caliber player in the league, whether he's in his mid or lower thirties or not, yeah, he's going to go for an AD type price tag. I don't think so. No, I think it, I mean, yeah, but look what the I mean the 
but Anthony Davis is twenty is twenty eight. Like three years though. It's only three years. Anthony Davis is just entering his prime. James Harden is on the back. Theoretically, for the rest of his contract, should be in his prime. For this one, yeah, but after, but I'm just saying from an asset point, I the Rockets should 100 ask for that. I'm just saying if I were the Bulls right now, where the there aren't that many teams, I I would come in and see if I could entice them with something of just young pieces that you know people are are so and so you know they're. I don't think the, the, the advantage the Bulls have at this very second is that I think because of how poorly they've been coached the last year and a half, people look at all their pieces and go, well, I mean, they were like highly regarded there. I mean, they've got the pedigree standpoint of where they were picked and showing some flash of potential. Uh, once they get Billy Donovan in there, I mean, I think we'll, we'll see is who can actually play in some ways and as a function of a, a normal sort of NBA team, how a team is supposed to be run. Uh, I think that if you could have decent protections out uh, on, yeah, uh, the latter two of three first round picks. Oh, I would give one unprotected pick for James. Yeah, I'm not. I, I I'm just not giving up three unprotected picks. Not unprotected. I think that if you were like top, let's say top five protected. Three, you know, five years out, whenever that third round, the third first rounder is, yeah. and uh, it's lottery protected. Two, three years out, I, I think that you do it. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if that's even enough. Is the thing? Maybe the Rockets would, maybe the Rockets would be able to get more out of Philly. I mean, if they want, I mean, if they would say, if they're going to let the Bulls keep, I don't know how this works basketball wise. I think there's. This would be very difficult, but if the Bulls get to keep Zach Levine, yeah, if you want to take Otto Porter's contract, Cristiano Felicio, I'll throw two unprotected picks at that. <laughs> well, sure, but well, how many? How many autos last year? Yeah, and no, they're both expiring. Okay, so you that Felicio, the he that is the worst. That's so it, bad. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's eight mil. I mean, seven and a half. It's just hey, stupid for a guy that's. Bouncing between the D League and you said his name. We gotta talk about Otto a little bit. Yeah. That Kirkland Prosecco. <laughs> we got this. So you 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 found this, so I'm gonna let you tell it. So there's a video floating around the Bulls, Bulls Twitter of a video with a well, first off, based on the, the video quality and everything about itself, it looks like it could have been a um video that someone found it was just a poorly submitted uh america's funniest home video vhs submission from many years ago based on a little play icon definitely you know legitimate thing not an instagram filter whatsoever a legitimate vhs you know uh watermark on there um yeah so this is floating around it looks like uh auto porter pouring a bunch of uh, well, definitively, we sources close to the situation. Um, my own professional expertise can confirm it is Otto Porter pouring Kirkland brand Prosecco into women's mouths um, at a very packed party. Uh, looks around Halloween time based on the attire of uh, said uh, female participants in the video. 
uh, I would point out one thing though of if it wasn't uh, America's Sunny Home video submission, it just was a, a video that was discovered. Um, to say it was this year, I'm not 100% sure. Could have been, uh, you know, something of lat, could have been lat 2019. Uh, so there was, there was a woman dressed up as a black swan. Yeah. So. My only point is I think that is evidence pointing towards the fact this is an old video. That's all. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're saying, I understand. You're saying because Black Swan was a thing. And yes, yes. Yeah. I'm saying that, that that is certainly indicative of this being maybe a slightly older video as opposed to in 2020. Because who in 2020 would be like, oh, yeah, Black Swan. Let's go as that. Shout out, shout out you for going the deep dive of breaking down the costumes. I had not. Uh, oh, I, when you sent this, I was, I was still working and I was like, not wanting to do that anymore so i was looking for anything to take me away from working and you said of, of an interesting looking video and instantly i'm like all right auto porter is up to some shenanigans here and sure enough this so i have so many thoughts on this a pouring it's not that good of champagne like i like prosecco <laughs> But if you, if you're gonna be like making this cool, like I'm I'm a like I'm worth a ton of money, like this is some fly shit, like I'm just like this is dope. We're partying, we're it clubbing, is. we're pouring some champagne in some girls' mouths. Yeah. You should be having something a little bit nicer. I'm not saying you have to have ace of spades. I'm not saying you have to have crystal or something insane. <laughs> like even though that would give you a little bit more uh, credence to what you're trying to accomplish here. Kirkland's not going to do it, especially if you're like, it is obviously Kirkland. Also, the whole point of this is like, all right, this is like, I'm getting people a little drunk. We're partying, we're having fun. You have a little nip of champagne. That's nothing. Like you get something a little bit harder if you're trying to just like give people some shots. If you're trying to like, I've always associated as like, if you're trying to like have some public champagne, you're spraying it. King Cole Records coming at you. We sip only the best Don P because I'm smooth like that. Peace, you punk bitches. Come back next year when I put some little eggnog in your face. You know, you're shaking that. All up. I can think about is Chappelle show. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, with Otto Porter's being like, get some crystal up in here. <laughs> <laughs> dude, like, there's that Chappelle voice coming out of Otto Porter's mouth. Yeah, that's that's what, what should have happened. And also the, the the other thing that's really weird to me in this vi- in this video, very weird lighting. All right, is this a house party? Is it a club? Is it a secret room at a club yeah. that is just incredibly well lit? It just seems like everyone The is, filtration is, on it has that of that kid with the glasses, you know that gif of the kid with the glasses who's like doing the like kind of slow motion airplane. Uh, dancing yeah i you're just i lost you good good i just i just need to watch it again we'll pull up the gift to show you continue with your thought as i pull this up no i i mean i hope that the truth is it did not occur during the quarantine i mean if it did fuck it let him party I, I mean, I can't, I literally can't do anything about I'm it. I'm just, so I, I, he shouldn't be doing it. I mean, it would be the most ridiculous thing ever. I mean, if he's doing it now, fine. As long as it's not, uh, you know, when the season starts, I guess. Yeah. I mean, 
guess that's one way to look at it. I, I prefer to not do it at all. But shout out, I mean, nonetheless, a hilarious video, and I'm glad I got to watch Are it. You, just, do you see? Yeah, I'm just I'm sharing it now. But the, like. Oh, yeah. It's like that kind <laughs> of, like, I'm going to put this in with the, the one of the links we tweet out with this. But it's that same kind of lighting and just vibe as this as this dancing kid club gift yeah way way too yes way too bright i yeah Otto I, Porter wearing I, very I similar clothes as this kid too in the video true anyway shout out a porter still yeah. unbelievable are you are you still i tried it this was many pot uh podcast episodes ago you're still pro them trading for him huh think that was a good idea yeah, somehow it ended up with Bobby Portis on the Buccaneers or on the on the Bucks. <laughs> he also signed with the Buccaneers to help Tom Brady out. Uh, Damn, the bu- the Bucks are stacked. They're stacked. <laughs> Everyone wants to sign with the Buccaneers just for them to get blown out on national TV. Uh, nah, yeah, whatever. Screw it. It's new new regime. It's got a year left now. I mean, this point, like. I gotta let the new. I gotta let our tourists and the new regime like do what they gotta do. Clean slate. Want to draft Patrick Williams? Great. Let's. Hopefully he's great. I mean he could be a building block. Hopefully, like I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let Gar Pack's uh, bad mojo uh, affect how I feel about the team moving forward right now. And Good. well, I'm glad Felicio, like as long as our tourists isn't going and extending Cristiano Felicio after. This, contract you know we're good we're we're fine like they're they'll have cap room they can make room and hopefully like this regime can actually make a free agency pitch to get someone in um i hope you're right I, i feel optimistic i mean i think billy donovan will give them enough of a professional layer to that team to at least be able to assess who do we want to build around who who do we want to move and try to like retool this thing um, and Otto Porter, you know what? He's adequate. If he's sucks, whatever. I mean, they could probably flip him. I mean, I think everyone's on the table. So that makes it fun to actually watch Bulls basketball and be like, all right, I can look at this with open eyes and know that they're this front office is doing the same thing. Well, let's get a healthy Lori and yeah, no Carter season. How about that? That'd yeah, I mean, I yeah, I got nothing but you know. I'm rooting for everyone on that team pretty much now. Um, so hopefully, yeah, do well and make the most of the situation. I mean, rooting – I hope Chris Dunn kills it in Atlanta. I wish – I mean, I think he – it's kind of a bummer to see him go. I really like Chris Dunn. Um, definitely not the kind of guy to match kind of where he was taken in the draft and probably – but, you know, if you compare like that draft to this most recent one – you know, it just could be a, a weaker draft. And if you end up getting a guy like Chris Dunn to translate to Patrick Williams, if Patrick Williams ended up being kind of a Chris Dunn equivalent of a, a quality player, like that's fine. You, yeah. you can win champ. That's not, you're not hurting your championship window by drafting a guy like that. You're still building towards it. And um, you need those kind of guys on your team if you are going to eventually contend for championships again. Yeah, and they're they're eventually going to have to be able to sign a big name free agent. Right? Yeah, that I mean that's that's yeah, yeah. they got to draft one or sign one. 
Signing one has not gone do well both. as of late. They should do uh, both. Yeah. yeah, they should try to do. They should retry drafting another good one, and then, you know, first time in my entire life that I can say the Bulls actually sign a free agent that you know they're going after. That would be that would be cool. That would be cool. It'd be cool not to end up with Ben Wallace or Carlos Boozer and Kyle Korver and whoever like. The consolation market. I'd like to not be in the consolation market in free agency ones. Yeah, I, I'm. It would be. It would be fun. It would be much, much, much more fun to see the Bulls playing in the playoffs and not be. Uh, God knows the Eastern market. Conference needs more superstars. Let's get a Timberwolves Bulls finals. Maybe might be might more most likely chance of that might be a Scotty Pippen Malik Beasley one on one at this point. So I, this is a very depressing, oh Jesus, this is a very depressing thought that I had last week. Yeah, I was, you know, middle of the work day. I was feeling a little down. I was like middle of the week. I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to see the Timberwolves even play in a finals game in my life. Do, I you mean, think, do you think the Timberwolves will ever play in a finals game in our lifetime? Give me your honest take. I mean, Glenn Taylor's not going to be around forever. That's not my question. I'm gonna probably live. I'm not. I'm probably gonna live longer than Glenn Taylor. So I'm gonna put on the odds of yeah, maybe. You no no no. I I like. I want if you were a betting man, and I gave you plus one hundred odds. Yes. Will Will the Timberwolves? Yes. You you're be like yeah. Let's do it. If I'm wrong, I'm not going to be alive to pay that off. So, yeah, i take the – yeah. What's the stake in this room if I'm wrong? Um, no one goes to your funeral. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to outlive everyone else, so no one's going to be able to attend it. So yeah. In my lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not ridiculous to say I live to be 150, 175. <laughs> Uh, with modern advances in, in medicine, it's not real unrealistic to think I couldn't be 200, 250 years old. Yeah, yeah at this point with Corona, I mean, who's to say? I can make it through that. Yeah. All right. Well, before, out the we, week, right? before we wrap up, speaking of the coronavirus, NBA did come out with kind of their plan coming back to get that money. basketball. Um and I'm going to hit the highlights here, but in general, it's and this rolled out at around the same time where they announced their preseason schedule. But each team is going to play two to four preseason games starting a week and a half from now, so around December 11th. And essentially, the big things to take away are if someone gets caught or if, if someone tests positive for the coronavirus, they cannot play for 10 days after self-quarantine, or they need to go two negative tests at least 24 hours apart in order to start playing again. Um, there is no specific communicated plan that would result in the season being canceled, which is a little weird. That was the biggest takeaway I guess I had. Um, it's going to be a weird season, um, but we're doing it. Here we yeah. are. I mean, I, I, it, the kind of general vibe. I mean, I think why? Oh, and, the, and an anonymous tip line is staying, so that's fun. We're gonna get some. We're gonna get some chatter out of that. I uh, I feel like this seeing the protocols and just that 
not that it was a mystery. Uh, the rush, I think, for them to start it when they are is the idea that they might have to extend out. They might have to – like they need a longer window to try to fit all this in. And if stuff goes away, they have a little more flexibility to figure stuff out. I think they're also banking on vaccine – news around a vaccine being released, you know, within the season to then bring fans back and um, how they, they handle that piece. We'll only see when that's, that's able to happen. But um, in worst case, I think they're uh, my feeling, just what I've read based on this is like, try it this way to hopefully, uh, allow the infrastructure to be there in place to have some fans attend at some point, but worst case, if things got, you know, where they would need to go back to a bubble, they could do so um, probably around the postseason again, if needed. But I think their best case scenario is postseason in team stadiums with fans in there is, is what they're hoping for and how they do that. They've given themselves some wiggle room, I think. Well, hopefully we have some some fun, some trades, something over the next few weeks. But nonetheless, we're going to be um, – I don't know. We'll, we'll have to talk about over-unders and kind of our mm-hmm. preseason predictions here in the next couple of weeks here, PJ. But I'm, I'm glad that we're continuing to trend towards season starting on time, um, on time being much different this year than it normally would be. We're gonna have to do uh, some. We're gonna have to get some math going for over unders. I think most books are doing it off of win percentage. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I saw one where it was the number of games, but then it's like, okay, I'm my brain is now trained to think eighty two game season. Yeah. So I think that's really gonna screw people up, and we're gonna have to check ourselves a little bit with what's out there. But um, yeah, it's gonna be a weird, gonna be a weird year. But, Peach, it's been fun talking to you, man. We'll do this again next week. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you soon. The winner takes all. It's the thrill of one more kill. The last one to fall. We'll never sacrifice their will. Don't ever look back on the world closing in Be on the attack with your wings on the wind All the things will begin And it's sweet, sweet, sweet victory yeah. And it's ours for the taking It's ours for the